This is Flyperbole with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. Two guys wondering if Lanny McDonald's mustache technically counts as a face covering or mask. I mean, it's got to be close, right? Craig, what's the most innocent thing you or a friend has been called that was meant as an insult, but it's actually not really that much of an insult? Oh, man. Uh, that I've personally called or I've seen used in an argument of, like, just really... Seen used in an oh, argument. Okay. Like, I'll, I'll give you my example because I was just thinking about this. I was reading yeah, some of my old... So before we started the show, Craig and I always have like a warm up period of a few minutes just to kind of, you know, get, get loosey goosey before we talk about uh, all the great goings on in hockey these days, because there are a ton. Yeah, we really uh, tighten up the ship, too. We make sure the show goes smoothly. So we iron out all the kinks before the show. So there's the, the flawless, you know, flow of the show once we get going. And you guys. Yeah. So that's what we that, do before the show. That tight hour and a half that we typically. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. But we were we were going back through some of my old I so before I joined so I, I started out my blogging with Flyers Faithful. Flyers Faithful was purchased by another yeah, organization yeah. that I'd rather not talk about. And after I stopped with that blog, uh, I took some time between and I, I wrote a personal flyperbole blog where I wrote just a lot of parody posts and everything. And uh yeah, I, so I did that for a while, and I'd make up a lot of fake quotes, and I was just chuckling because I reread one of them, and I had somebody, I think it was uh, Craig Berube was calling uh, his defenseman a bunch of goobers, where he's like, <laughs> like they are wondering who was going to replace Nick Grossman in the lineup, and Craig Berube, well, he, he said, well, whichever one of these goobers brings me a ham and rye in the next few minutes. <laughs> uh, or ham and cheese on rye. But Goober's always made me laugh. And the reason Goober makes me laugh is because I have these friends that had this situation where they got, they were waiting to pick up another friend on her street and her neighbor got angry and told him to get out of there. And like, all right, all right, we're going. And the guy calls the one an asshole. He says, you're an asshole. And the other guy says, and you're a Goober. (laughs) Very aggressively calls the other guy a Goober. Which is like an aggressive Goober. And it's, you're just like, Really? That's not how you use that. There's that's no. How you use that? Like a goober is like kind of like oh that guy's a goober. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a, the most innocent like yeah curse word you can throw somebody's way. Yeah, I like goober. Like, Goober's a good call, one now. You could call somebody a poop, and that would be more insulting than a goober. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say I think the the, the only one I can think of is years ago I heard somebody get into an argument I guess with their landlord and they're talking about rent, and the one guy was just trying to muster up something mean. And he just ended up he the best he came up with was a big fart. Like he was like, Oh you fucking you big fart and like that was it. <laughs> and like I was I was walking by, not like, you know, right next to the fight, like laughing that guy's face, but I was it, within earshot and I thought that was I would you know, you could probably write off something better than fart in the heat of the moment, I would think. But I guess play it safe and just call him a big fart. I mean it's not a, you know, there's no way that can be confused for a compliment so i guess big fart's fine but goober 
I think I got to bust out goober on people in public just to really throw them off. Probably just, you know, knock them off balance a little bit. You're not expecting like, your goober in a fight. You could probably you could probably get the first punch in in a couple fights if you call people goobers because they'll be like, "What the fuck? What does that?" I'm sorry, mean? what? Why? Is yeah. that an insult? I don't even know. <laughs> I mean, it's an insult if you throw like you're a fucking something. Like if you curse before it, then it, it makes it vaguely insulting. But like, bit. it's still like if I you end it with goober or fart, like that's just not like that's silly. You're just like, yeah, okay. I, th- I think if somebody goes, you're a fucking goober, I think you're still breaking even. Like the anger of fucking is just canceled out by the the laughing that comes with the word goober. Like it's not really, you're just, that. that's, you could have just said the most monotone thing ever. And that's what I would have felt. So. You're an asshole and you're a fucking rainbow. Like <laughs> there's words you can't use. Like you're a sparkle. You're a cupcake. Listen, listen a cupcake, firecracker. You know what? And hockey cupcake might be an insult. Yeah. I think that, yeah. It means be, you're yeah. soft or something, but that's still like, come on guys. You can still, that, yeah. 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 I doubt anybody's ever, I, I bet nobody in the NHL has ever actually been called a cupcake on the ice. I feel like you're that a sandwich. Good. <laughs> just the most innocent uh just the most innocent name calling ever so i would say but power rankings goobers up top fart is really like fart's not really even creative honestly it is funny. you come in contact with farts every day like that's not anything you have to think outside the box it's not really that offensive it's just gross like goober is I, I, a big fan of it i like also goober candies are good i haven't seen them in forever i don't know if they stopped making them probably did had to have i don't know I, they always i don't know I, and you always end up with like one little pocket of like or packet of like whoppers or goobers or something you're like oh yeah oh, yeah, they're still doing that they're still in business huh like when you get i i say you like i've got kids that are going out there getting halloween candy that's 100 percent not the case i am the one giving the candy i am the one who gives the candy and <laughs> i am the one that gives candy. i don't know why i picture you like walter white so that's exactly what i was trying okay. to <laughs> I'm the one who answers, the one who knocks and gives them candy. But it's, you get those big variety packs and you'll be like, what the hell is even in this? And there's some M&Ms, there's a couple of Twix. And it's like, oh, there's there's some Whoppers and Goobers. Okay, cool. You, see, you know, they're still doing a fun dip. I didn't know that was a thing either. I thought it's that just was just a sugar stick and sugar. I thought they would have. Cu- I thought there would have been something like after I was in elementary school, when they started like cutting stuff out, they would have been like, all right, maybe we shouldn't give kids straight sugar in this <laughs> like, yeah like maybe think the diabetes council would have yeah they're like, yeah, like all right what are the top foods we could take fun dip yeah the bag of sugar with the yeah okay we could probably cut that out right that would be a good one so i Pixie mean they got surge they got they took surge away from us i'll never forget that day that was a dark day and then um <laughs> i think it came back for a little bit i don't know if it's back now but i'm not can't even imagine what <laughs> what the sugar looks like in that like, the like caloric intake of a shirt Fun dip and pixie sticks. Like, I don't know how they were ever able to get away with either of those because they're literally just sugar. Like, you yeah. might as well just get a bag of sugar and eat it with a spoon at that point. I saw somebody, I saw somebody I work with, like, just down in pixie sticks one day. And I was down like, are you? Yeah. Just chain pixie sticking? Like, they just, just have, like, pix- yeah. Yeah. Just had, like, five in a row. There's, that's what they did instead of coffee that day. I just like, I like the idea of, I want to be at that business meeting where they came up with pixie sticks. We're like, guys. We've had a couple months now, production, so we need a new candy. And somebody was just like, I, you want to just wrap up the sugar? Maybe they'll just buy the sugar. You want to do that? Give we'll it just a little color? It. Yeah, we'll just throw some color on there. 
it's sugar, but we'll call it. You want to call it? Yeah, let's just do that. We'll do pixie stick. Yeah, let's see. Let's see if they'll buy that. They're idiots. They bought a bottle of water. Let's see if they'll buy this. I have a better idea. What if we put it in a packet, and then we put a stick of sugar in there, and you can just wet the stick of sugar and stick it in the other sugar <laughs> and eat it. What's your name, Johnson? Yeah, promoted. You have my job now. Congrats. What an amazing idea. <laughs> the that's candy how... industry, my man, it is. <laughs> that's where it's at. That's, yep, that's, you know what? That's where we're at. That, that's where we're at candy-wise. That's where, you know, that's, yep. I'm running out of words here. I was getting ready to, I, I'm ready to talk about hockey. And the lack Are of you? Argument. Is there hockey? Well, I was going to say, big news for me is it sounds like they're not doing this draft in June. So to me, I'm excited now, and I think uh, bullet dodged, IMO. But uh, there's a lot of other stuff, a lot of other stuff going on. There's not, but a, a few updates about the league and possibly returning the play. Uh, and the big thing is just the return the play committee apparently has been getting together, uh, a, has gotten together a couple times this week, and might apparently get together a third time this week, according to LeBron. LeBron tweeted out yesterday, uh, NHL and NHLPA. Return to play committee had another call Wednesday, second day in a row. Still lots of back and forth on formats and other issues. And my sense is still lots of work ahead. So pretty much. And then uh, TSM put out an article just a couple hours ago with input from uh, Pierre Lebron, Darren Dreger, Bob McKenzie. And I don't know if I took info from the fourth person, so it does not matter. But um, pretty much it sounds like Sorry, unknown. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, unknown beat writer that has a million followers or something. So, uh, but it sounds like, according to the Brun, that the return to play committee, the thing that JVR is a part of, they've been meeting not too often, once a week, but apparently they're starting to pick up steam a little bit and trying to iron out the details a little bit more. And they're like actually throwing out serious like details of actual dates to go back and all this kind of stuff, but none of it has been disclosed. Uh, and, uh, they're working on – they're still throwing out the idea of a 24-team playoff format. Um, and when asked about that, uh, Bill Daly, a deputy commissioner of the league, said not to have anything cemented in your mind. Uh, everything right now is kind of fluid, obviously. And LeBron added he senses some team executives prefer a 20-team format, but he said the 24-team format uh, seems to be the front runner. In this most recent TSN article that came out a couple hours ago, he said uh, – the 2014 format is not for everyone. I think on the player side and among some team executives, the idea that Montreal and Chicago be brought into that doesn't sit well with everyone when you consider that under one model. The Canadians would play the Pittsburgh Penguins in a play-in. The Habs are 15 points behind the Penguins at the pause. Still work to be done between both sides, but they're working a way at it. And I think I cut the part out of this article. I just wanted to bring this up because it made me laugh. Uh, said something about the idea of a well-rested Carey Price, and that's like, you know, it's not That's what's going to put the Habs over yeah, the top. Not, hey, I'm sure the I'm sure every other the other thirty teams are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Carey Price is at, he's got some naps in him, so I don't know if we want to face him now. So, the um, thing is, like, this isn't hard, guys. Like, I <laughs> I have an easy solution for you. This is really easy. There's four, maybe five obvious host cities here: uh, Detroit, Ottawa, and then <laughs> one of San Jose, L.A., Anaheim. Maybe Newark or Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, uh, where are all they? those teams have sixty-eight points or less? They ain't. There's going to be no home ice advantage to any of these guys. Oh yeah, no, sir. yeah, that's uh, exactly. Yeah, it's going to be. And I don't know. Uh, yeah, I heard the cities that LeBron listed, uh, 
and I believe I don't even think they mentioned any of the ones you just said, which are the, the correct ones. Yeah, like they should be the ones. Yeah, pick the worst teams in the league. Yeah, like uh, it's all. You have a Canadian city. You have a pretty centrally in the country located American city. I know it's at the the north half, but you know Michigan's yeah, I mean, in the middle there, yeah. uh, with a big airport that guys can get in and out of and. Michigan's pretty remote outside of Detroit, so you can keep guys like kind of isolated together. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, uh, so Buffalo, Buffalo, come on! It's well, a no-brainer. Here are the okay. So according to LeBron, uh, eight to nine teams that are still seen as potential candidates to be one of those four host cities. I'm told that the three Canadian teams, Edmonton, Vancouver, and Toronto, are among the teams still in it, as well as Vegas and Minnesota. So literally, they didn't listen to you on any of that because <laughs> all those teams are right in the middle of the playoff hunt, pretty much. NHL. Not right in Detroit, the middle of the playoff hunt, but they're, yeah. Detroit is 17-49-5, good for 39 points and a negative 122 goal differential. They ain't making the playoffs. They have a perfectly fine hockey facility with an airport. Just make it Detroit. Do it all in Detroit. They literally wins. don't need to play a hockey game until next season. There's no way they will be relevant or matter. 17 wins and 54 total losses this season. I, caramba. That is a fucking tough year. <laughs> that is a, I mean, for comparison's sake, I was just looking at, uh, I was Ottawa's bad, and Ottawa has 62 points. Well, I was going to say the Flyers that year that nobody wants to talk about, 2006-07, the Flyers still had 22 wins and 60 total losses. The Flyers still outpaced the Red Wings, like, yeah. They, the Vermonks are probably going to finish underneath what the Flyers were that year, which is saying something because that Flyers team was horrendous, so bad. That, but I, I mean, it's got to be. I think these cities. A big part about these cities too is uh, these might be the markets that are responding the best in terms of limiting the outbreak, the COVID nineteen outbreak, and kind of the cities that the community is most connected in helping to get testing done and making sure there were facilities there and yeah like all that kind of stuff but i mean if they wanted to do yeah if they were worried about the whole home ice advantage and everything those are yeah detroit ottawa california all california because yeah buffalo oh yeah buffalo would eat that shit up um so on top of the one of the issues another issue that i guess they didn't really daily daily came out and said that testing of course is a huge huge issue we've mentioned that uh, in the last couple of weeks uh, he said it's a huge huge issue in terms of our ability to return to play and i think that's a thing like the the testing and what if a player actually gets it are two things that i don't think people don't want to hear that question and they want to kind of rush away those answers but i i think those are the two big things that are kind of stopping if it's the most important. Yeah, they are the most important back. questions. They're the most important factors. I mean, we saw how quickly the NBA shut things down after Rudy Gobert. Yeah, and also if they do come back, the somebody is going to get it. And then if that, you know, it's fine if that one player is out. And I'm even being lenient with that argument because if Drew gets it, I don't want the Flyers to keep or Couturier. I don't want the Flyers to keep playing. Or but if, if you're the league, like if Ovechkin or Crosby or one of your biggest names gets it McDavid got, you know, any of those guys, yeah. God forbid like that. That's a huge embarrassment for the league. Like anybody getting it is awful. And that is a disaster in and of itself, but it's an ultra disaster. If a superstar, a league wide superstar gets it. 
and then he's definitely there's like what are the chances just that player is gonna they didn't they, everybody was home not near each other and five senators and three abs players got it a couple weeks after the league shut down like that was just before the league decided to cancel it and they when everything with coronavirus was still in the early stages of quarantining and being aware of it and everything and eight players still got it so now we're going to come back into it when it's, it's spread even more. I, I don't know. I just feel like it, the idea that a player is going to get it and it's going to come at some point late in the season or in the first round. Like if Crosby gets in the first round of the playoffs, or do we do we cater to the Penguins? Or not the Penguins. So it'll be the Penguins. Like if Matthews goes down for the Leafs, are they going to be like, all right, Toronto, you don't have Matthews or Marner tonight. Get out there for game three in a series you're down 2 nothing. Like I, there's going to be – I feel like all those little things that they're not really kind of there's a lot of what is with this situation still. And this league fucks up a lot of slam dunks. And I, I don't know how, like, I don't know. I understand everybody misses hockey. I mean, yeah, we all miss hockey. I just don't know. I just don't know. I just as don't you know. see, as you see, slam dunks are a basketball thing. Therefore they don't apply to the, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I, you know, I am in I'm sports. Just, I'm just answering I am Gary Bettman's perspective. This oh, okay. is what Gary Bettman would say. I'm just saying I am in sports, and I think I'm allowed to talk about sports. I forget what that fucking hashtag is, the Braun used. <laughs> but I am in sports, and I, I think I am a part of this. So I just wanted to get slam dunks, touchdowns, all of it. I'm there for it. Craig, uh, I love that hashtag so much that I saved it in a draft folder my Gmail. So I can pull it up easily for making hashtags on Twitter. Uh, just my thoughts coming from a sports junkie. Regardless, my own sport, I play. There you go. It's so smooth and succinct. How could anybody forget it, right? Let's get it trending. <laughs> Let's get it trending again. Again. Uh, so uh, also another issue is border closure uh, between USA and Canada. Uh, Bob McKenzie, apparently for TSN a couple hours ago, said the U.S.-Canada federal border has been shut down for all intents and purposes until May 21st. There's an exception or an expectation that it could get extended to June 21st. So that begs the question what what that might mean for the return to play for the NHL. The long answer is that it's too complicated to talk about right now. The short answer is that because the NHL is in contact with both Canadian and American authorities, it doesn't believe that it's going to be an impediment to return to play. Impediment. 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 Okay, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, apparently that may not be that big of an issue, but it is something else that they're talking about now. Um, and then also the possible hub cities we also went over. Uh, when asked about General Day for puck drop, Daly responded, I wouldn't go there, he told LeBron uh, in his article for The Athletic. We haven't even men- moved into our contemplated phase two yet, so until we do that... And from there, we have training camp. I think it's a little bit too early to be handicapping when we might be playing games. Certainly, I have a best case and a worst case in my mind, but that's not something that needs to be shared publicly at this point. Um, And then LeBron also says that, quote, at some point over the next month, Daily confirmed Tuesday night, phase two should begin. So apparently over the next month, the NHL is really going to push hard for the players go out and actually start practicing with their teammates, uh, part of the moving forward to actually getting back to the game switch fine i guess yeah i mean i'm fine with testing it out i think it's some of the other stuff that that well the main thing for me was just the draft i the, the not i just don't want the draft in early june i just don't want it done before the rest of the regular season or the postseason takes place because i think it makes the league look dumb and um 
it's an insane plan. Yeah, no, it really is an insane plan. And uh, Daly was talking about it earlier this week with LeBron. It's like nobody's asking for it. No, I, yeah, that's the thing we were talking about is I don't, it, you know, the NFL and the NBA drafts, there's a different feel to it and there's a little more meaning to it to the casual fan because you've seen, you've either seen a lot of these prospects play because you watch NCAA football or basketball and also they usually have an immediate impact your, your high-end guys usually have an immediate impact on your team. It's pretty much just gaining a free agent. Well, that is not the same, anywhere near the same in the NHL. And also, every player going is not anywhere near a household name. So the like the buzz, like the buzz the league thinks it's going to get from doing a, a draft in June while standing alone by itself is just not going to happen. And then it's gonna it's gonna hinder what teams can make moves at the draft if they can. You know, free up a little bit of cap space if they can move uh, a player for picks or get you know get picks whatever. It's a whole thing that is just not. You mean people aren't going to be on Fanduel trying to predict which? Oh, they might. Uh, who will be the top three? I mean, people will do that. But <laughs> they it's have. still like it's just it's not the good. Nobody's games. excited. It's for not it. going to be so, yeah. Mike and Mike or okay. whatever the fuck ESPN's morning show now is not going to be talking about that all week long leading up to the NHL draft. Like you're Stephen not going to get Smith. Isn't going to be out there just yes. yelling about like <laughs> the Detroit Red Wings. La friend. Yeah. Uh, that's my best. Stephen. I, that's all I can do right there. <laughs> I feel like that's the only, yeah. And then, yeah, I get, more yeah. of that, please. Just do the entire <laughs> podcast. To Stephen or a. Smith. Stephen. I, a. I've never wanted anything more in my life. Or Stephen A. Smith tweeting like, here's a pick, Alec. Uh, Lafreniere, and then he just has the, uh, it's the cut to the JPEG thing that he fucked up in that tweet. Like everybody knows the famous Stephen A. Smith thing. But I, I don't need to explain that anymore. Everybody knows that joke. Everybody's on Twitter. They all get it. So, yeah, everybody. Um, but speaking about the the draft, uh, Daly said earlier in the week, uh, I do not, I do anticipate obviously at some point whether it's this week or next week. Probably more likely next week. You're gonna have to make a decision, but nothing is imminent. And then McKenzie on the uh, TSN roundtable or whatever the hell it was that came out a couple hours ago, uh, said, well, it's not officially dead, but it may well be on life support when he's talking about the idea of a draft in early June. The NHL still thinks it's a great idea to to do the June draft, but obviously the widespread support isn't there. I think the NHL is starting to get the idea that the time, the effort, and the political capital that would be required to convince enough teams that this is a good idea might not be worth it. No official word until next week. But it's starting to look a little more pessimistic on that front. To it's which I say, thank God, <laughs> the TSN tussle. Yeah, that's my that Welcome was my favorite dance move in the seventies. TSN tussle. Oh, my ratty friends are here for hockey talk midweek. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that's going on. Uh, also, even though they might push the draft back, and also, it. You know, the season altogether may not happen. Apparently, Gary Bemin has come out and said he hasn't even thought about canceling the season. Uh, via Curtis Pashelka of the Mercury News, uh, the reporter for the Sharks, uh, Bevin said that shutting down the 2019-20 season is, quote, not something I'm even contemplating. I believe, uh, I believe that if the right time comes and the right circumstances, based on all the options that we're considering and our ability to execute them, we'll get this season done. I don't want to sound like a Pollyanna, but canceling it... But canceling is. Pollyanna? Pollyanna? Like a like a gift exchange? I, okay, so I I don't know. I mean, he put that in there, and I think I know what that word is mean, but I haven't heard that term. And, yeah. 
So, uh, but canceling is too easy a solution. Oh, okay. So, you stop I, I'm hard. the fool here. I'm the fool. I no, that I, means an excessively cheerful or yeah. optimistic person. I literally only knew it as a Christmas time gift exchange. I, I mean, I I haven't even heard it in that sense. I don't know. Or maybe I just I don't know. Am I? I I, I know. In the it's, it seemed like an unusual place to use it. Yeah. Okay. That, he's right. He's right. The technical definition is correct. So Gary Bettman, this is the first and only time in my life I will say this. Gary <laughs> Bettman is right. You'll say this when there's a possibility the NHL may not be back. When Gary Bettman's talking about more time the NHL may miss on top of all the lockouts and everything, you're going to say, this is the only thing he's gotten right, is the use of this word. <laughs> this one word right here. You, you can save that sound clip and bank it for another day, Gary. And I know you're a big time listener of Fly Purple. Gary Bettman in this one instance is right. Uh, uh, but canceling it, what the, where the fuck were we? But canceling is too easy a solution. That means you stop working hard to do all the things that we're doing. And I ultimately believe that there will be an opportunity. States are reopening, cities are reopening. And if we go, if we do the right things, I think we'll be able to finish the season. We would like to bring a conclusion to the season. It's got to be fair, it's got to have integrity. And if we have to do it over the summer or some modified basis, then we'll do it on that basis. So, Gary Bettman would then go on to state. You know, the most important thing at the end of the day is the economy. Nothing else matters. <laughs> and then Batman said, I really had fun drinking at that bar in Michigan uh, this weekend or whatever the fuck happened. Uh, they open up bars in Michigan or Wisconsin or somewhere. I think it was Michigan. Michigan seems to be out there. So maybe Detroit's not a, not a good place. To, oh, yeah, maybe to Detroit. Yeah, maybe Detroit's maybe, not. Yeah, actually thinking about maybe it. Maybe not great. No. <laughs> I rescind that state. Gary Batman's right again. <laughs> well, he didn't. Decide, he didn't decide the city, so let's not, you know, get carried away there. But uh, so uh, probably not early June draft. Uh, Return the play committee is really pushing towards uh, figuring out all the details. They uh, it sounds like a 2014 format is on the table. Uh, possible hub cities are Edmonton, Vancouver, Toronto, Vegas, and Minnesota. A couple that were thrown out by LeBron, and then the last major thing is the HL announced this week the rest of the 2019-20 regular season and Calder Cup playoffs have been canceled. Uh, via Greg Wyshynski of ESPN, HL President David Andrews wouldn't rule out the 2020-21 HL season having less than 31 teams if fans aren't allowed back in arenas. Uh, and then from Andrews in the article... We have a very strong league in terms of our ownership. We have 19 NHL-owned teams and 12 independently-owned teams, and the independently-owned teams are in very good financial condition, even after what happened in this 2019-20 season. But if their businesses aren't viable, if they have to play in front of an empty building for six months, some of those teams will likely choose not to play. Um, and then Andrews went on to point out about how the AHL doesn't make nearly as much off of, TV con of a TV contract like the NHL does. Uh, and streaming services are fine, but it wouldn't be able to sustain a 31-team league by itself. Uh, without having fans in the seats, it would be a much different-looking league. Uh, and also, I wanted to point out that uh, if you're worried about the AHL being fine through all this, that uh, Andrews is leaving as the AHL president on June 30th. And they're bringing in Scott fucking Housen to uh, handle all this. So no Scott worries, guys. Housen? They've got the guy it who just destroyed the Columbus Blue Jackets. The guy that was like Rick Nash. Yeah, we'll see what I can get for him, and it's not going to be good. Yeah, that's uh, that's the guy that the whole AHL is going to. Yeah, I remember mentioning it on here, and then I thought Oof. I would never have to think about it again. And uh, and here we are. But uh, but also what that means that's a little bit interesting for 
the virus because if the league does return to play, uh, Morgan Frost will have nowhere else to be except on the roster because he won't be in the AHL anymore. Oh, and right. I'm not watching Nate Thompson over Morgan Frost. So I don't know how they're going to put him in there. But he, uh, but listen, Frost, Craig, Nate Thompson brought the grit and heart the Flyers needed in the 20-odd minutes he was wearing a Flyers uniform. Grit uh, and heart and hustle and 10 minutes in a Flyers uniform. I'll say this. Flyers fans were just happy when the Flyers were the second seed before Nate Thompson got here. And then they took over the division for a little bit. So, you know, was that all Nate Thompson? I want to say yes, but, you know, teach their own. Uh, Nate they call Thompson. him the Thompster for a reason. <laughs> they, they, and everybody calls him the Thompster. We know this. That's why it's a great nickname. So, uh, but Frost would be up. Uh, Farabee should, would be up for good. I know Farabee is a little less exciting of a, but he was getting pushed down to the H a little bit. Uh, oh, and then, not, not the bees. And then Mark Friedman. Uh, would be up. Uh, I mean, he would probably be used as a seventh, but he would be there just in case, uh, you know, Ghost decides to start doing ghost stuff again or Hag starts going back to Hag, things of that nature. Uh, and then also Mikhail Vorobiev, David Kasha, Carson Torinsky, Andy Androff, Andy, 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 Chris Stewart, Andy, and Andy, Andy. Connor and the Echo and the Bunneman uh, would be. Uh, I you know the Nick, you know the joke I'm going for there, but the. Uh, any of those guys would be available as well. I don't want to expect their ice times to go up. I think Frost would be the main one I would expect to actually get back into the lineup. And with the AHL being closed, there would be really no reason for him not to be on the ice. Uh, and that's the major news surrounding the league looking at getting back into action and uh, how it impacts the Flyers. So there you go. That's the uh, that's the new stuff. No, they haven't played yet, so still no hockey. But that's uh, still no hockey. Going I, I just need to say before we move on. I can now just only think of Stephen A. Smith analyzing hockey uh, against Pierre Lebrun and going, Lebrun! <laughs> like he goes, Lebrun. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I could have bad opinions like Lebrun. I'm just thinking of the Mario Chalmers thing from like the SNL skit like years ago. Do you remember that? When uh, I forget who, uh, oh my God, who, Finesse Mitchell? That could have been the guy. There's somebody on. It could have. It was somebody on SNL like 2011, 2012. Would just go. Just kept saying Mario Chalmers, like in Stephen A. Smith's voice. He was a guy on the Heat, and it just cracks me up. And I just, I picture him saying like Michael Delzato now and like stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, he should. I mean, if ESPN wanted to make hockey popular again, you let that guy broadcast one game. You let him do the color on one game. They should. They should have done it for the uh, the World Cup. They should have had Butcher Gross. Well, they should have. They should have Barry Melrose and Stephen. If you're telling me Barry Melrose and Stephen A. Smith are on the same game, you wouldn't be interested to see what that's like, at least. Like you know how on NHL, the, the NHL 20, they have the the guest commentator thing where you have to hear the same dog story every time. <laughs> I was gonna say it's one dude, yeah. Every time, like yeah, just guest commentators because let's spice it up. Let's make it spicy. Let's throw yeah. Stephen A. Smith into the mix. He does not know what's going on. He does not care. He's going to yell about it, and it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Flyers news, other Flyers news. I guess uh, Travis Konechny still rules, even though uh, it's not going, uh, season isn't going on. And Steve, you usually call him the jerk store, but for this particular story, I like to call him the tear jerk store because oh uh, what oh yep. via God. Pat Pickens of NHL.com. I'm going to keep reading uh, via Pat Pickens of NHL.com. 
Lucas Dunkareed is a Flyers fan living out in Las Vegas. I uh, recently turned 12, and as a gift, his mother, Namia, got him an autographed Travis Konechny jersey. Uh, she hung it on a chandelier in their house, and uh, when Lucas woke up on his birthday and walked out and saw the jersey on his chandelier, had this huge reaction, was very happy about it, and... Uh, Numia recorded the reaction and sent it to the Flyers. They shared it on the Twitter on their Twitter account, and uh, everybody ate it up because it was it was a great clip. And um, awesome. apparently, yeah, it was it was. I mean, this is another. You guys have to go watch it, but it is a. It was it was nice to see. It warms the heart during all this like, uh, all this nonsense. This kid is so pumped to get a Flyers jersey. He is just like he sees this thing and it just lights up his life. It, yeah. It's just and the fact that it's Konechny and he's like, oh my God, he's my favorite player. Like, it's so cool. And it, it's one of those things that I think is also especially resonant for for me because it just reminds me of yeah. being 12 years old and loving the Flyers like that. Like, have I ever told you the story of uh, probably the coolest Flyers related gift I, I got? Oh, uh, no, but go ahead. It was around, it was probably, I was probably a little older than that. I was probably like 14 or 15. 15 i want to say but not that much older and it, it was on the i think it was the 97 season so i think i would have been 13 actually and obsessed with the flyers because legion of doom and all that love that team yeah still my favorite team ever for a reason and i remember my parents asking me what i wanted for my birthday and i think i jokingly said like i want to stand like up you know <laughs> but like my dad or my mom, one of my parents, if not both my parents, actually like wrote to the Flyers about this, and oh, I got an autographed team picture. Uh, I think Terry Murray autographed it. Oh baby! And yeah, yeah, it's really cool. If I, I'll try to dig it up. I have it upstairs somewhere. I have to get a new frame for that because it it broke during one of my moves, and I'm lazy. So, <laughs> but oh, I keep great. it. I keep it safe. I just didn't have it. You know. Uh. Anyway, it's upstairs somewhere. I still have it. It's one of my prized you know, oh, shit, things that I have. Um, that's pretty but, awesome. Yeah, it was a cool gift. Like, it was like, uh, it's not quite a Stanley Cup, but here's a team picture kind of thing. <laughs> what? Uh, it, it was really cool. I was, like, shocked by it. I had a whole, like, it came in an envelope with a letter and everything. One of the coolest gifts I've ever received. So it just reminded me of that, of being an excited well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Flyers fan. And, I mean, the fact that this is a kid in Vegas who's getting super pumped about a Travis Konechny jersey is something you don't expect to see, and it makes yeah. it even more special. Yeah, well, and going off that, apparently Lucas has been playing hockey since he was five, and his family recently moved from Oakland, California to Las Vegas. Says he likes connecting the Flyers because of the fe their feistiness on the ice. So pretty much Lucas is all of us, or all, who we are were at one point in time, just a young kid that likes to watch the Flyers uh, yell at people. And, uh, I was going to say Lucas. I, mean, I, yeah. I feel the same way. Yeah, Lucas, yeah, this is, uh, yeah he's, he's, he's one of us. Yeah, he's probably He might be listening to the perps. So Lucas, if you're listening out there, and you want one of our autographs, uh, yeah, you just let us know. And then we can see how little you react to that video. <laughs> I don't think any 12-year-old has uh, like <laughs> six <laughs> and a half hours per episode for, for a purpose. Uh, maybe now. I mean, they're all home from school. They're doing work online. They don't have to listen to it. You know what? PSA. Kids, don't pay attention to your teachers. Listen to us. We were killing it. We were, we nailed it. We know everything. So well, you got any questions? Podcast streets. Of yeah. Stephen Craig. If you got any questions? You uh, you send them Uncle Craig and Steve's way, and we'll we'll get them <laughs> we'll get them figured out. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, so that's uh, a yeah, Travis Konechny, uh the the tear jerk tear jerk store. So oh that was uh, yeah, that's I like I liked it. I don't know. It was, I was, it was good. Yeah, okay. was, yeah. I don't know about the nickname, but the, no. The, yeah, well, I was talking about my nickname. It's a great story, but I oh, think my I nickname like might even be better. Yeah, I was just letting you know that. <laughs> what, you, was that me? <laughs> no, it's Barney from The Simpsons. Oh, okay. I was gonna yeah. say. I was gonna say, Jesus. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that's what Craig is. <laughs> This is Craig Forsyth. <laughs> okay, now I hear it. All right, now that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Before I thought you were just trying to do oh, it behind me. And speaking of oh baby, uh, some pretty impressive news for a couple of these Flyers prospects. Uh, I saw this from ESPN's Chris Peters, but I mean the news was out there, so don't give him too much credit. Uh, NCAA's Big Ten handed out their season awards a few days ago, and uh, Wyatt Kalyanuk, the Flyers' seventh round pick from 2017, was named to the All Big Ten first team, and Cam York was named to the Big Ten All Freshman team. So there you go. Uh, Wyatt Kalyanuk had 28 points, seven of which were goals in 36 games this season as captain of the University of Wisconsin uh, in his third collegiate season there. Had 25 points in 37 games in each of his first two seasons. His 112 shots on goal were good for 28th in the NCAA this season, uh, second on Wisconsin in scoring behind some guy named Cole Caulfield, and led the team's blue line in point production, uh, even though Wisconsin finished Dead last in the Big Ten with a record of 14, 20, and 2. So pretty much it was Cole Caulfield, Y. Kalyanuk, and then everybody else. Uh, six foot one D man. Uh, I, or uh, to talk about him a little bit, he is uh, he's a bigger defenseman. Flyers took him a little bit later. I think he was 20. Yeah, he was 20 when the Flyers drafted him in 2017. Uh, his biggest attribute is his mobility. So he is able to jump up and contribute or support an offensive plays that you usually want to expect out of a defenseman, but he's also able to get back in plenty of time. And that's also rarely called out of position. Um, and let's see what else here. Uh, the Flyers had signed by August 15th, 2021. Sorry, I was looking for the date. Uh, and he said earlier they this got, month, they got a that, minute. <laughs> yeah, they got a little bit of time. And apparently the whole thing with him is he might forgive a senior season next year at Wisconsin. Uh, and he said a decision on that could come later, or within the month, actually. So he could either be, well, I mean, depending on how the HL shakes out, he'll either be with the Phantoms next year, or the he's not going to be with the Flyers. But if he decides to go pro, he'll be battling for a Ross Chappelle with the Phantoms. And a uh, little fun fact, uh, his cousin is Marty Murray, Flyers great Marty Murray, from about oh, wow. 20, 15, 20 years ago now. So there you go. Go number 39. Uh, and then the rest of the... All Big Ten first team, Cole Hutz, a left-hand defenseman, the King uh, Kings prospect who had 30 points in 34 games at Penn State. Cole Caulfield. <laughs> Cole Caulfield, who was infamously taken 15th overall to the Canadians, one pick after Cam York. 19 goals and 36 points in 36 games at Wisconsin uh, this season. Nate Susis, I'm never going to get the name right, 23-year-old. Undrafted winger who signed with the Coyotes, had 38 points in 34 games with Penn State this year. And then Patrick Kodorenko, a 21-year-old undrafted center who signed with the Rangers, 33 points in 36 games at Michigan State University this year. Cam York, uh, yeah, all-freshman team, fourth on a University of Michigan's team with 16 points, five of which were goals in 30 games. Most points for a D-man on University of Michigan's team and also – uh, most points for anybody that wasn't a senior. The top three scorers at Michigan were all uh, forwards who were in their senior year. 
Uh, and then for Camworks playing abilities, it's pretty much the same thing uh, as Kalyanuk, except he's younger, higher ceiling, and is just a better overall player. So he uh, he's a player that uses he's a blue line that uses his mobility a ton, and is able to jump up and create offense as well as defend. And usually he's not called out of position on um, situations where most blue liners would get caught, you know, jumping up in a play. Uh, also pretty good on the power play. And even though he had an underwhelming world junior championship display this year, uh, he plays a lot better than his point totals and his world junior championship appearance would indicate. So the can't, I mean, Cam York's going to be, we're going to see Cam York in the NHL one day. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how many years it might be two or three still, but he is good. We're going to see a, we're going to see him at the highest level. He's that good. Um, bring him up now. Yeah, fuck it. Uh, yeah, who cares? Bring him up. Let's bring him up right now and put him in for the postseason push. That's my. That's one. Just one man's opinion. Uh, the Flyers do have until August fifteenth of twenty twenty three to sign him. So again, plenty of time, and he still has three more years in college. Uh, rest of the all freshman team: Jared Moe, which uh, just kind of a funny name to me. Uh, goalie of uh, the Jets drafted in twenty eighteen in the sixth round. Jackson Lacombe, who was a left-hand defenseman, the Ducks, uh, or a left-hand defenseman for the Ducks, had 13 points in 37 games. The University of Minnesota, John Beecher, who was went in the first round to the Bruins in 2019, 30th overall, 16 points in 31 games as uh, York's teammate. And then Ben Myers. Ben Myers, who, when I saw the name, even though he's not drafted, he went undrafted and is not a prospect of somebody, I wonder why that name was familiar. Ben Myers is a 21-year-old center slash left winger, 26 points in 37 games at the University of Minnesota. But he was invited to the Flyers development camp last June. Uh, He just scored 10 goals and had 26 points in 37 games to earn this national recognition. Uh, And the University of Minnesota is not a bad program. They had a mediocre year this year, but usually year in and year out, Minnesota is a pretty good program. Uh, And when I wrote about him last year, I went through and I looked at his production at all levels. And the guy has always scored goals. I know high school is not anywhere near a good enough thing to kind of base an opinion on some of these players. Cause high school hockey is a little bit of a joke when you look at point totals, but then he also the delivered, <laughs> he also delivered in the USHL for two seasons. And I think had a 33 goal season and then a 28 goal season. And, uh, guy is fast and can score and is a free agent. And is getting recognized as being pretty good in his first year in college. Why not fucking throw him a contract? Why not give this guy a little ELC? I'm, I'm saying the Flyers do know him, and uh, he's 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 up for grabs right now. So I think uh, maybe uh, maybe see what uh, Ben Myers has uh, has in his pocket. You know, see what he can do. Just uh, give him a go. Are all these cliche sayings? Are they doing anything for you? Loving it. Loving it. Okay, good. Uh, and then the other awards were player of the year goes to Cole Hutz, who, uh, yeah, uh, freshman of the oh, year, oh, oh. <laughs> freshman of the year, Cole Caulfield, and then goalie of the year, uh, Strasman. His name is Strasman, uh, undrafted 21 year old with the University of Strasman. Michigan. I was going to say, and he's in his own uh, personal Soundgarden cover band called Spoon Man. Yeah, called Strasman. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> uh, Steve, this is, uh, I mean, to me, this is pretty big news because I stumbled across this and it's hilarious. Yuri Letera is switching teams in the KHL next year. Uh, big time. Move. 
Oh baby, yeah, he just blares all the time in his cottage out in Finland. <laughs> I still, I still think my favorite part to that whole entire story was just it, the the residence was the cottage. Like that was what they just kept. Talking. I don't know why that always cracked me up. The Oilers era uh, switching to KHL teams. He's leaving Scott Saint Petersburg and joining Spartak Moscow. Uh, he had thirty point. He had thirty points in fifty one games this year. Thirty uh, points. I was gonna say he must have been ripping it after, like before every fucking game. If he got thirty points, because it's the KHL is a little more offensive over there, but still, uh, fifteen goals, fifteen goals in fifty-one games as an alternate captain for Scott Saint Petersburg. Saint Petersburg. Oh hell yeah! Third on the team in scoring, uh, and Saint Petersburg wasn't a slouch. They were third in the twenty fourteen KHL in terms of points when their season came to a conclusion, and like I shared with you last week, the KHL has completely wiped out the rest of the season. I know everybody remembers that, and it was very vital information. Uh, for comparison's sake, by the way, uh, if you're wondering uh, about Lutera's point total and, you know, recent NHLers and everything, uh, Neil Yakupov was also on St. Petersburg this season and totaled just 20 points. So, uh, And Yakupov, by the way, I know, for the Yakupov heads out there, uh, he joined Vidyas Podosk for the 2020-21 season. Um I mean, yeah, I mean, he also... High, he scores high, he scores high. Ooh! Yorey! Oh my god, an all-star along the boards, Yori Laterra. I do not miss this slow son of a bitch. Oh, Good I don't either. God. But I'm... Here's what I'll say. He got 30 points of 51 KHL games. What can he do in the NHL? I'm saying bring him back. Maybe he's figured out the loophole and like being able to, you know. That sounds like a player who was worth Braden Shen straight up to me. Hey, it does to this guy and not, you know, any of the names we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. By the way, Steve, I thought since we're a little bit light on news, we could uh, kind of turn Fly Purple into a Flyers uh, SK St. Petersburg uh, podcast because they got a lot of stuff going on over there. Uh, Anton Bertasov also talking about other names related to the Flyers. And last year, a uh, 29-year-old Russian, the Flyers were interested in last summer. I think the Leafs were also had a little bit of interest, inter- interest in them and a couple other teams. Uh, he had 14 points, five goals, and 31 games this season. And remember, Laterra on the same team had 30 points. So the guy, the, like the free agent that some people were kind of really heavily into last year, uh, got smoked by Yuri Laterra. So I don't know if we really need that guy to come over. I think the Flyers. It's fine. Also, Anton Bailoff has signed an extension with the team through uh, 2020-21. Be his seventh straight season with the club. Uh, and that all comes after his final year, or I think only year in the NHL with the Oilers back in 2013-14. 13 goals, or 13 points, sorry, Steve, four of which were goals in 42 games this season. So there you go. That is, uh, that's your SK St. Petersburg update. Also, your are the switching teams. Never you forget. forgot the ska music that goes with any... I guess you could say after all that, I think I'll have myself a beer. I don't know. I mean, we got to think of vodka. Oh, yeah. Okay, fair. I was going for the real big. uh, I was going for the real big fish reference. What are you talking about? I know. Uh, uh, So you the okay? So you're just going to shoot me down? That's fine. I got it. All right. See if you want to look. (laughs) I looked. I said last week I was going to look at our DMs, or my DMs, uh, and a couple people did. Uh, I wish I had there. sexy music for this segment. <laughs> oh, baby. Slide into the dims, and 
I got one, two, three. I got a couple noteworthy things to point out here. So, friend of the show, Eric Urban, uh, at Pop, uh, Papa Brax, uh, came with a pretty solid fuck idea for us, Steve. I will. I think I already told you. And uh, It just sounds very dirty when you phrase it like yeah, that. Yeah, well, that's why. Yeah, that's why I was kidding. But he, uh, so pretty much the idea yeah. was we, I like it, and it might take a little bit of time to organize, but uh, keep all the current flyers on the team. Take away all their cap hits and contracts and everything, and then allot them what you feel is appropriate while staying underneath the the salary cap. And I'm pretty sure I got the whole idea of it. I'm, you know, we'll find out when I look at the uh, the message again. But I think that's a pretty good one. Uh, I think that would be entertaining, and I think uh, I think we can piece that together. So, uh, so yeah. So the Eric, thanks for reaching out, friend of the show. Thank you for your service. Uh, and then Drewski, who of course we know, uh, friend of the show, long time friend of the show. Drewski, yeah. Uh, threw out a couple more good uh, fuck ideas. Categorize flyers rivalries on the Flavor Town scale. So, uh, you know, the rivalry with the Penguins would be full trip to Flavortown. And then their rivalry with the, let's say, So, like, the rivalry Panthers? with, with no. I would say the rivalry with the Panthers is, a, you know, desperately needs donkey sauce. Yeah, was, a, the Panthers are probably. The rivalry with the Devils, you know, it's it's gotten a little dry. It's a little, it's a little overdone as far as the uh, the rivalry goes. Like, if it's a burger, it's a little overdone. Yeah, I can, I can, yeah. Could I can, use some sauce, yeah. Yeah. Used to be really good, though. Used to be a, a nice medium burger. And now what team, what team no do way. you have no, like, when the Flyers are playing them, you're like, all right. Like, I, I was trying to think of the team I care about the least. I think it might be, it might be the Panthers. I don't give a shit about the Canucks. Yeah, the Canucks are another good one. And also, I have good memories. I mean, we have good memories. Which team did Flyers you say? I said Panthers, but I'm trying to, like, I still yeah, think I don't. Of, g- I, I, I gave a shit about the Panthers for the last time in, like, 1999, maybe. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, that's like the Coyotes are another good one. I really don't care about. Oh, my God. It's, but, I mean, like, Agatha I don't City, think anybody. Like, yeah, you, you need a lot more donkey sauce to make me give a shit about a Coyotes matchup. Apathy, Apathy City. That's actually Apathy where. Apathy City. That's where the Coyotes play all their games. Phoenix. <laughs> That's when, yeah, like whenever they got to restructure their arena deal, they're going to look in the Apathy City, see if they what the the rates for square footage are there. So they'll get into that. Apathy uh, City sounds like a terrible apartment complex. <laughs> <laughs> but probably pretty cheap. I mean, I wouldn't mind. I'd probably look over there just to save a little, uh, a little bit of cash. But now, here's the question: Who's the division team you give the least shit about playing? Oh, I think for me, it's either the Hurricanes or the Islanders. Real Blue Jackets are feeling stuff. It, but the Blue Jackets always play the Flyers tough. And you know what? Way. They do have they they did have Dubinsky actually mean something for a little bit. They they, they are kind of annoying. I, that's I feel like those games are spicy, and I should care more about the Islanders games. But my God, I just like I just like talk you. about a franchise like oh see I don't give a shit about the Islanders. Like I know I should hate them for 1980 and everything, but like I really do not give a shit about the Islanders. Like why do they even like who? Once upon a time, was like, you know, who needs a team Long Island. <laughs> I don't know, but I idiot. hate that person because I, I just hate, I just hate New York fans and like the island. I feel like Islanders fans are the most fucking obnoxious ones on Twitter, and also I just, I just hate Cal Clutterbuck. Uh, I hate how everybody blows that fourth line when they're really not good. They just hit people, and they're like, oh, that's a fourth line making a difference. It's like, no, it's not. And then also the all the. Like they just haven't really been a good team the last two years, in my opinion, and they somehow just keep 
just keep racking up wins. Or I shouldn't say they're a, a bad team. It's just they, they're like the best example of a team that works against analytics to be like, oh, they're good. And that's, you know, that's, that's cramping me up. You know, that's, uh, that's against my brand. I like the numbers. I need the numbers. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, but yeah, I think, I, I don't know. I guess hurricanes. I don't really have any feelings about the hurricanes. Haven't had a, like a painful playoff series against the hurricanes. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, so the Hurricanes. Uh, JT Ramsey, also a friend of the show, reached out to us. Uh, apparently he lives in Detroit now, and he coaches Kirk Maltby's kid in Little League. So wow. that uh, that is that's a hell of a pull. And uh, also, pull. yeah, and he also he tweeted out, moved to Detroit five years ago. Uh, imagine this Flyers fan is surprised when I discovered I was coaching Maltby's kid in Little League. Worse, Kirk is a great dude. That always is the worst. It always is the worst when you're – you, you hate a guy for all these years, and then you find out he's not a bad dude. And you're just like, well, still fuck him a little. You know, like, you know, this isn't all on me. You should have come forward a little. But anyway. It's from uh, my novel, How I Became Best Friends with Scott Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. The day, yeah. I mean, eventually we'll, we'll probably have Scott Stevens on here. Nope. Then, nope. 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 nope, nope. Right. Well then, surprise guest next week. Then I can't talk to Steve about it. Uh, oh but I did. I do want to bring Stevens up Stevens or or Brodor, You sneak onto this show. It's good. There will be blood. <laughs> I drink your milkshake. There will be blood. Yes. I drink it up. Uh, so I think the. Well, then also he was quote tweeting. I guess the Red Wings got bored and were doing their whole. You know, let's we watch some games. So they wanted to watch the '97 series because that was fun for one team. And mm-hmm. uh, the tweet, like the highlight included in the tweet. Was fucking. It was a multi goal from from the blue line. He literally just skated over the blue line, and Maltby let go of his shot that Garth Snow saw from yards out, like a fucking country mile out, and just whiffs on it. And I feel what could like even say that Flyers goaltending has been an Achilles heel to the franchise for a long time. <laughs> well, like I remember that one, and then I think Maltby even scored. I I think he was the one. Uh, I went the game one, not the brag, you know, uh, you know, but I, I was there and the only real vivid memory I have was the Flyers went down first. Like they went down one, nothing. And I remember Hextall like flailing in the crease on a two on O. I don't even know how that, but like, I remember him like just reaching back and whiffing on it. Cause we were that end of the ice and it was Mopey that scored. And then just the general feeling in like the stadium of, all right, so we're not going to win this game now. And it was like five minutes in, but, uh, yeah, so that was, yeah, that was a good that was a good time. All those I feel like whenever I'm forced to go back and look at some of those goals from the '97 Cup, like in the highlights, they're just getting like further back. Like next, like whenever I stumble across that Malpe goal again, he's going to be at the red line letting go of that shot. And then like ten years from now, he's going to be in like Oz, or Vernon's net just letting go of that shot. And yeah, that's going to be. He's it. actually in Detroit firing it into Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, like he put, he loaded it into a t-shirt gun and just shot it from the upper bowl. And it's going to be like, all right, how'd that get in? Um, so that's uh, so. Thanks for re- reaching out, JT. And then the last one was uh, Zach Brodsky, uh, who shared a pic, and this will uh, will parlay into another uh, shout out to us. Uh, shared a pic showing two people standing apart with three wiener dogs between them, with the caption saying "Keep three wieners of space between you and others," and okay. asked how many French bulldogs apart. Uh, you know, this would be for social distancing. And I think, uh, again, based off not seeing a French Bulldog uh, IRL in many years, and I would like to change that. They're, you know, they're dogs, and I do like dogs. I want to say they're about as uh, – they're a yard in length. Is that fair? 
maybe Which a little one, French bulldog or the French bulldog. Dog. I don't care about nobody cares about winter dogs. We're talking French bulldogs here. You know, I mean, I think my determination was they're actually like average about a foot, but I can look it up. Oh, foot. Oh, damn. Never mind. So you would need, I think, I guess the answer would be six. We've been going off of, uh, I don't know why I thought they would be three feet long. A three feet long would be, yeah, they're not three feet long. No, they're, they're definitely, definitely closer like, like a you foot. Could, yeah. I would never do this because I, I do like the French Bulldog, but you could you could easily kick one into orbit. Oh, yeah, no, the, don't get me wrong. You could definitely punt a French Bulldog into orbit, but that's not that's a discussion for another day. Or never, if we're being honest. Uh, but they feel, you're right, they're a lot smaller, and you could probably get a good foot on. Not to brag also, I, I was a pretty decent punter in high school, you know. That was, uh, I don't want to, you know, just, you know, I'm just getting it out there, brag about punting. <laughs> High school punning, so. I mean, uh, yeah. how tall they are, I, did, I determined before. It says height 11 inches to one foot tall at the shoulder. So, right. I I don't know. I, okay. I, how, do you, how do you measure things? It's Here's it's, the main yeah. thing. I And that's a great question. I don't know how you, you know, I'm pretty sure all the numbers are alive. But the, the, the main thing we got to look at here is don't do this. Because uh front of the show, Richard Strabel, and I'm up 18 to 21 and a half centimeters. So whatever the, Oh, the, can we get a inches, measurement? Inches, oh, okay, inches, inches, okay, 18 right. to 21 and a half inches, 46 to 55 centimeters. So there you go. Okay. So yeah, a little so, over a foot. All right. Yeah. So, if, okay. So you half. need like four, you need three or four bulldogs between you and the nearest, uh, nearest person. But I, I would say based off the story that Richard Strabel uh, shared with us, uh, don't do it because apparently a woman in Florida, I believe was mauled to death by a French bulldog. So I would just say I can't even fathom how this happened. I can't either, but just based off of that incident alone, just PSA from us guys: don't use French bulldogs to measure social distancing. I've said it once. I think I said it at the beginning of all this lockdown, and I'm sticking by it now. Especially after the Strable story, just don't. Just you know, guesstimate. You've we've all seen measurements before. You kind of get an idea what a foot is, and then you you stack a couple of those up and you just make sure you're not next to the person. That's all you got to do. I think, am I wrong? Is that fair? It seems fair. Okay, thank you. I just want, I, you know, just a little backup. That's all. I, you know, I'm trying to send a message here, and you're in the back giggling. I want to make sure these people are safe, all right? Wash your hands. Don't use Please, dogs. for the love of God, wash your hands, and, and do keep that social day. Stay at least three to four French bulldogs away from someone. Yeah. Yeah, 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 seriously. So, uh, and I then mean, You don't need to measure, because... We're here to do the measurements for you. Three to four French Bulldogs. You can picture it very easily. Slobber everywhere. <laughs> yeah, just picture a Shane Gossesphere Instagram picture, and then that's your guidelines for how much distance to give. So, uh, and then those were the DMs. Uh, Steve, I don't. Did, did you happen to check? To give a little looks into the uh, the Perbs DMs. I didn't have time. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, the, uh... <laughs> I think they usually. I think most of the ones came into both of us in this case. It's just nothing but pictures of people doing the uh, playing the circle game, like when you hold your circle below your waist and then you get to punch the person when they look. I hope that's what I hope they just flood the the fly purple account with that now. That's my hope. Actually, just they're smearing off ices, which means (laughs) oh man, we're getting iced in all of them. That's just (laughs) is that still a thing? I hope not because Uh, nobody needs to to drink that. Functioning adults, I don't think so, but I think it's still getting passed around a little. I don't know. I shouldn't say that. It was still a a thing. thing, Like, what's going on anymore? I remember. Well, I remember ice was a thing back when I was in college, and then you know, ironically, I stopped seeing it after I left college. So it may still be going on, just with cooler people. I don't know what's going on. But uh, what was the other one you said? Butt chugging? Yeah, I don't know what that's about. Uh, That's uh, you know. 
that's to each of their well, own, I guess. But I'm here. No, no, it's self-explanatory. I'm just, you know, it's not, it's not my cup of tea. What I'm here to talk about, though, is why the Penguins suck. Uh, we finally have a, a couple topics to talk about with the Penguins, uh, and one of them I think uh, you're going to hate me for, but then the other one we can both laugh at. So the first one, it's not a change from the usual. <laughs> it's a usually, yeah, it's usually how we do this. Uh, the first one was pointed out to us by uh, listening to the show, uh, Zach uh, at Zach One A Two. Linked to a Reddit topic of, or a subreddit, I guess. Yeah. Uh, is Evgeny Malkin the most underrated superstar of all time? So, exactly. I would assume that is the, the reaction of most people. My reaction is maybe. Although I really don't think so. But I don't think this argument as is as bad as it sounds. I don't think he is. I think he's good. Like, unless he's playing Sean Couturier. He's not good then. Oh, 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 yeah. You hear that, Evgeny? You hear that, Gino? Yeah, you right. know it's true. You oh, know I know. It's true. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think he's the most underrated superstar. I don't like, think he is either. He's I... very good. Like, I don't think anybody's like, you know, sucks Malkin. Like, we all know he's, he's not. Uh, well, okay. So my only thing would be with that is there was there was a large push to have him traded a couple years ago in Pittsburgh. And I, and I don't even know if it was just the idiot. Yeah, I remember I'm assuming that was it was hilarious. Yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, and I think the stuff like when they did the NHL top hundred a couple years ago and he wasn't on the list, but like fucking Duncan Keith was on there and a bunch of other dudes that just shouldn't have been like, shouldn't have been on the list beat out Malkin. And the only reason why I would go to bat for Malkin here is since the, Full season lockout. He's fourth in points, even though he didn't play in the 506 season. Fourth in points with 1,076. He has 300-point seasons and a 98-point season. Um, one 50-goal season, two 40-goal seasons, and three other 30-goal seasons. Won the Calder in 0607. Won the Art Ross in 0809, 11, 12. Consumized in 2009. And won the Hart and Lindsay in 2011-12 as well. And honestly, you love Evgeny. I yeah, sure. And then also, he should have won the Consulate in 2017. I'm just saying that it deserves a little bit of merit, but also at the same time, he's not the most underrated all time because Marcel. That would Dion, be Alexander Barkov. Al, uh, yeah, Barkov number one with the bold. He's at the top of the list. And then these guys, what well, I was about to say, who are obviously second now, Marcel Dion. Uh, Sixth all-time in points with 1,771. How often do you hear him talk about it as being one of the greats of all time? I feel like he is consistently glossed over and never mentioned because... That one's fair. Reasons. Him, the other ones I have here, uh, Adam Oates, Dale Howardchuk, Dave Anderchuk, and then Mike Gardner. (laughs) Two of these names we talk about a ton on the show. Consistently, yeah. So we're getting the word out there. But like Adam Oates was like one of the best passers ever. And they were like... For a couple of years there, they were like, "Do we want him in the like the Hall of Fame? Like, do we? I don't, I don't know." And I know I mean, he's been a good time setting like, up Hall. Yeah. The problem is, he looks like a Vulcan from Star Trek. He looks like. <laughs> he didn't so do him favors. Yeah. You can't put Spock in the you know as one of the premier players in hockey history. It's just, yeah. It's not logical. It's just not logical. No, that's fair. Uh, and then my my main thing too is Mike Garner is seventh all time with seven hundred and eight goals. So just for the sake of argument about the whole most underrated superstars just looking at the top 10 goal scorers of all time. Kreski's first 894, Hal second 801, Yager's third 766, Brett Hall fourth, Marcel Dion uh, fifth, Phil Esposito, Mike Gardner seventh with 708, Ovechkin with 706, 
and then Messier ninth and Eisenman tenth. So he, Mike Gardner is still ahead of Ovechkin, and I feel like the only times I hear Mike Gardner now is because Ovechkin is about to pass him. But this would like how often do you hear about Mike Gardner compared to anybody else on this list? Not that often. Gardner and Dion alone cancel out everything. I just wanted to say that, you know, I was trying to be objective. The first and foremost, this is an objective podcast. We never show any bias. Any team, we always show the utmost respect. Okay, and then moving on, the second thing we we're going to talk about was uh, the Penguins, uh, according to Forbes, uh, or I should say Forbes ran their uh, annual best fans in sports rankings, where they rank each of the 123 fan bases among the NFL, NBA, MLB, and NHL. Because who knows sports fans better than Forbes? Yeah, hey, there's money there, or something, I don't know. But the the highest-ranking NHL team, and ninth overall in terms of best fan bases, apparently, are the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now this, this right here, is fucking hilarious. This is a good one. This is bad. Like, this is just a bad take i don't know forbes determined these rankings using television ratings game attendance merchandise sales and social media reach ninth going down to kansas city (laughs) well like also that's a fake blues song i just made up what about what about any of the canadian teams you're telling me there's not i feel like i feel like the maple Leafs fans would like to have a little discussion about this or canadians fans or even Canucks fans. Are, well, Canucks fans are a little fair weather, but like everybody else, it feels like. Well, so wait, what's the basis for this again? Uh, television ratings, game attendance, merchandise sales, social media outreach. So social media reach. So I feel like a so, lot of it is merchandise okay, sales and media reach. Merchandise sales, I think, are the biggest one here, right? Because. Yeah. As much as we hate it, as much as we loathe it, Sidney Crosby is one of, if not the biggest star in the game. He is, oh, yeah. and he might be an all-time player. I, I just threw up in my mouth saying that, but it is a, it, an indisputable fact, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. at the end of the day. And his jersey is consistently one of the top jerseys sold every year. And, you know, especially since they uh, dropped that Vegas gold bullshit, you know, the Penguins have a pretty clean sweater over there, and people... <laughs> They're always up there at the top of the jersey sales, right? And they're a popular brand, unfortunately. But And they, they do very well in the ratings in Pittsburgh for however many people are there. What like? Well, also, I, I also wonder, like, looking at the ratings. I know, it's not, I know there's more than a thousand people in Pittsburgh. <laughs> well, like, are these, are, is it national television ratings? Because that would also skew the numbers massively, too, because I feel like the Penguins are always on TV. I mean, the Flyers are always on TV, too, but... The Penguins, the Penguins are one of the top teams that they throw on television broadcast. It's like the Penguins, the Rangers, the Flyers, and the Sabres. Like you, I would bet, or and the Red Wings and Bruins. Like one of those, like seven or eight teams are always going to be the game of the week. So that I feel like that plays a role in it too. But I mean, it's also just like it's just not. You know, it's just not the best fan base in the NHL. I don't know what to say. I don't have any. I don't have any proof, but it's just fucking going not. down to Kansas City. <laughs> that just reminds me of blood sweat and tears gone down gambling i don't know why you saying that reminded me of that but i wanted to get a blood sweat and tears reference on on this podcast because i don't know if i've ever done that and uh and now i have so there you go steve those are uh that's why the penguins suck this week they're right. uh Malkin isn't that underrated and also their fans aren't 
aren't that good. Uh, last but not least, before we go to around the league, uh, I wanted to, I know we talked about him last week, but apparently he's out there doing the Lord's work right now. I wanted to give another shout out to Guy Fietti because who tweeted high risk pregnancy, which is a great name uh, at Tin man five, five, two. Uh, shared the uh, Guy Fieri, uh article about how he is the last, pretty much like not toxic person in the, I guess, food like culture. Like he's the one guy that everybody would kind of want to watch and just eat what he's eating. And he's kind of like carefree and easygoing and actually is doing a lot of helpful stuff right now with everybody and uh, restaurant workers dealing with, um, you know, financial issues because they lost their job because of COVID 19. So, I just wanted to shed light on Guy Fieri because he is he is the man. And also, we have gotten a lot of mileage out of Flavortown. And uh, we should probably honor the king of Flavortown when he's actually out there doing some good work. So, Guy Fieri, you're killing it. Uh, yeah, we'll come on Triple D whenever you want. Just sh- send an invite and we'll go around. I, I don't know. We'll go around Albuquerque, Albuquerque and who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to th- fried armadillo. <laughs> fried armadillo is exactly the type of thing I expect to eat in New Mexico. So there you go. That is a good one. Uh, and then also uh, Jerry Stiller passing. He was oh. 92, I think. So I just, I mean, I just loved him. I have on King of Queens right now. I don't really love King of Queens, but he's good on that still. But also, you're a liar. You I, love everything Kevin James <laughs> has ever done. I like, I like. I like the shtick of Kevin James. I don't know why just him, his face popping up and things cracks me up. Like just uh, Kevin can wait uh, and all the other stupid shit he's done. It just, it cracks me up. So yeah, uh, it's fine. So I like Kevin James. Yeah. Sorry. I don't but he is good. He, the Jerry Stiller is good on this too. I don't remember what his name is. Uh, and then, uh, and on Seinfeld, he's amazing. Uh, he's amazing. I, 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 yeah. Mainly no Jerry Stiller for Seinfeld, although he is great when he pops up at Zoolander also as the, uh, Oh yeah! Oh my God, that's right. <laughs> but yeah, the guy created Festivus. He created the the bro or the manzir, depending on what you want to call it. The bra for men. And <laughs> serenity now. Serenity now, Hoochie Mama. Uh, just amazing stuff. I, I think Frank Costanza is one of my favorite television characters. He uh, he won the television side character tournament we did last summer, right? I believe, yeah, I think he did. By one, yeah. I mean we just discussed who our favorite side characters. Yeah, and I think, yeah, and I think we we settled on him. It was him, or I think John Ralphio was second. But I think I would still, I'm a I big John Ralphio he, guy, but I'm still going Jerry Stiller. I don't well, because Frank Costanza is just, I think, no character has made me laugh as much on a show <laughs> as far as a side character goes, as much as Frank Costanza. Like so the good. anger he brought to the role, the it's just. It's just the funniest voice, just ah, uh, unbelievable talent. Like he was so good. I don't know if it ever happened, but I we missed out on a, a sitcom where Jerry Stiller and Regis Philbin could just yell at each other for hours. That would have been gold. Just two old angry guys just yelling at each other, and just every every sentence ended with a shout. I feel like that would have that would have that would have taken off in this country, but uh, I guess it will never come to light now. You know. But uh, fucking love Jerry Stiller and love Seinfeld. So I just wanted to uh, point that out because I thought also we would have less to talk about because, you know, we are now two months into no hockey and it's getting uh, it's, <laughs> it's getting stark times out there. And uh, yeah, 
But this is Flyperbole, where we've never particularly needed hockey to talk about stuff. Oh no, we don't need anything to talk about anything. We will ramble on incoherently for hours upon hours. And uh, <laughs> and uh, last but not least, to close out the usual Flyperbole uh, sesh uh, around the league. Big surprise, Brendan Leipzig uh, was placed on unconditional waivers and had his contract terminated by the Capitals. Who could have seen that coming? Uh, you know, in another Seinfeld reference, I'm going to sip my tea here and go, that's a shame. <laughs> that's a shame. <laughs> still I a can't tell gift. you how many times, it's still a great gift. I can't tell you how many times I've watched NAK punch him in the face since this all happened. Oh, man. Yeah, that really is, yeah, that's one of the nice little uh, side things to come out of all of this is, it was our guy that uh, did the Lord's work there. So NAK uh, still coming out there. Rise up, NAKGB Nation. <laughs> uh, Pittsburgh forward Dominic Simone will be out six to seven months for covering from a surgery to repair a torn labrum. So that is somewhat big news for the Penguins because uh, he's a player there. So he's a guy that's been playing along. He's fine, but he's not going to. He's not going to sink that team with his absence. Uh, left-handed defenseman. It's not Brendan like if Gilly. Gensel's able to come back if they play the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, which I'm still looking forward to. Uh, left-handed defenseman Brendan Gooley uh, staying in Anaheim for two years, 800K a year. Had eight points in 30 games with the Ducks this year. Also had 14 points in 27 games with the San Diego Goals in the NHL. Sam the pronunciation Kerr. of that name, Gooley, just reminds me of the the wedding singer. I think Drew Barrymore is Julia going to be Julia Gulia. Oh my God! You know they don't. I was trying to think. There was a scene I wanted to see in that movie because I was trying to remember this, like just a random line, and it's not on any streaming service. The wedding singer. It's weird. Yeah, you think you think it would be out there? I don't know who's still like squeezing money out of the wedding singer, but especially because Adam Sandler's got like a six hundred film deal with Netflix. Yeah, oh yeah, you thought that would exist. Oh, it was the John Lovitz thing. I wanted to watch uh, what John Lovitz is trying out for the uh, to also be the other wedding singer, and then mm. Adam Sandler is the meltdown. He's like, he's losing his mind. Yeah, that part. Anyway, yeah. uh, so Sam Carrick. You feel like that every day. That's me. That's me right now. That's yeah. Pushing on like two years of that. Sam Carrick staying in Anaheim for one year, seven hundred k, two points in nine NHL games this year, uh, forty three points in forty six games for the goals too. Uh, Adam Brooks is staying with Maple Leafs for two more years, seven hundred twenty five k a year. Uh, the center had three assists in his seven NHL games this season, twenty points in twenty nine games for the Marlies, uh, and last but not least. Kings assistant GM Mike Fuda is expected to lead the organization as the team won't renew his contract. He was one of the, the hot commodities in terms of GM hires a few years back, and now he will probably be mentioned a bunch uh, going forward whenever a team decides to fire the GM here. As soon as everybody, as soon as they know everybody's healthy from you know coronavirus, they're going to go ahead and start firing people at the end of the season. So that's got to suck for some teams. The, the Kings are one of the, the great teams in the league to follow their example. And yeah. that's not at all an outdated perception from five years ago. Yeah, they're not doing the same. Yeah, they're not doing the same thing uh, over and over again. So, but two cups in three years. I think. I mean, at one point, at one point, they were doing a great job between. Oh, I don't know the combined forces of Ron Hextall and Dean Lombardi <laughs> and Daryl Sutter. Yeah, I was going to say they, and also you know, uh, I, the whole analytics thing. They were one of the best play driving teams ever for those three years. So just say they did it in an unorthodox way because they were just big, slow and just controlled the puck from teams. But uh, they 
were so dominant when it came to um, just uh, puck possession. And the advanced stats really indicated they're a pretty strong team. So uh, that all went down. That all went down the tubes. Uh, I don't. I don't even know how long ago. But would you would you trade two cups in three years to be like? Would you take the Kings timeline? Easily. Yeah, and then just live in mediocrity. Yeah, I think I'd do that in a heartbeat. So I don't oh, even know. Yeah. I don't even know if I would care what the Kings would be doing like now. If like if they had done that and they were doing like the nonsense they're doing now, I'd be like, all right, all right, I'll put up with it now because it's worth it. But <laughs> we're doing. <laughs> We're doing what if week on SB Nation. One of the biggest ones always the the Carter Richards trades, and not to open up yeah. that can of worms. But uh, as much as I love Sean Couturier, Jake Voracek, ha- and having had Wayne Simmons, if we had won a cup with the uh, Richards and Carter in that core, I would not give a shit about any of those. Oh guys. yeah, oh, that's yeah. why. That's, that's all I have to say off. on that, and yeah, that, that's right. how I feel. I would give that. Tra- I would trade any player on the flyers for one to two cups easily. oh yeah like, I, I it, think it doesn't matter uh, because that's the goal at the end of the day yeah the, those arguments are always fun though too because i do enjoy those because you know like oh would you give up this player to get two cups or like two t- titles it's always yes because when you say no you're like well they might get more than two titles and then it's just out in the open and you're not guaranteed shit so i mean i would give me the guarantee yeah, like, i would trade guarantee. nothing for that 08 yeah. phillies championship and the Eagles championship a couple of years ago. Like yeah. it's, and I expected the Phillies to win like two to three more and they really should have with that team. But uh, as an outsider, it felt like they were definitely going to pull out one, one more there. Like I yeah. thought they were definitely going to do it. I thought they were going to, uh, the year that Roy Halladay had the, per, or the, uh, the no hitter in the postseason. Yep. Yeah, that was, oh, that's right. That was Cody Ross. Wasn't it? Fucking Cody just, Ross. Fucking Cody Ross. Um, Yes, I, but the thing is, like at the end of the day, though, they did, they did win that one. They did, and yeah, they did. I do would it, trade yeah. nothing for that. Like Ryan Howard's career didn't work out like it wanted to. Uh, you know, Chase Utley isn't the surefire Hall of Famer I thought he was going to be at one point. Even though he's got a, a decent case, it's not quite what I thought he was going to be. A no doubt about it. And yeah, you know, it, but regardless, like I have great memories of those guys. I love those guys and. I got a championship with that team and I would trade nothing for that championship. Uh, even given some of the decisions they could have made that would have changed things and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Regardless, a championship is what it all, it all matters. Like, yeah, I love the 93 Phillies, but I would have traded any guy from that team if they won a championship. instead of Oh losing. yeah. I was trying to think of the Eagles and what could have been the only comparable I'm really thinking of is like Alshon kind of works as a much less, uh, like devastating blow, like blowback after the success, success like Richards of you traded for the player. They won their first year with the team. And then like the, the contract after that has just kind of been a little, a little messy. Like, cause Jeffrey's whole situation has just kind of been up in the air with the Eagles the last couple seasons. And apparently he was, wasn't he the leak with Justina Anderson or whatever. And like that became a whole thing. But like when yeah. he, when he came here, he had the, the one really good year and he made the cat. He had this, the touchdown catch in the Super Bowl. So like, I'll, yeah, you'll make that trade all the time to live with whatever this is, but that's not really like Jeffrey hasn't hampered the team in a great amount. It's not like a contract that is going to weigh down the team for years. Like hockey. Yeah. Like football is a little bit easier to get out of those, but like hockey, there's no, it's not the same. I mean, you could even argue we did live through that. Whoever is a Phillies fan out there. Like they, 
they might not have won championships in nine, ten, and eleven like they probably should have. But oh yeah, that's true. The Phillies really are horrible for years after that. Like they, I don't think they've made the playoffs since twenty eleven. And I don't think they have. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan Howard tears his Achilles. Uh, Roy Halladay just forgets how to pitch, and everything was never the same. So it's it, we did make that trade off, and yeah, that I true. happily would make that trade any time. Jesus, dude! Because the memory are... of that championship is that good, and I, I would do that with any flyer. I love <laughs> so many flyers, and gone in a heartbeat if I can be promised at least one championship. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean, I gotta, I gotta see one Flyers Cup before the Bear, man. That's the, uh, that's I'm just gonna see one. That's all we need. Trade whoever you want. There's just, just one. The Eagles one was nice, and now I, I just I have to get the other half done. It's my goal. So uh, yeah, that's around the league. <laughs> Yeah, that really took a Yeah, there's a <laughs> I wasn't going for the I wasn't going for that. I was just saying like that's uh I just wanna see just gotta see one. That's all we gotta do. We're all waiting for it. I know there's a lot of older Flyers fans out there than me that haven't seen one, so we're waiting for that lady yeah. bang. With bated breath, we're waiting for that lady bang. I'll never forget that Flyers Faithful tagline. <laughs> R.I.P.D. Flyers Faithful. R.I.P.D. Uh, well, that's all we got, folks, and I know it was quite a bit, but that's all we got. If you have any feedback for us, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. Yeah, uh, and I actually am going to pump out content next week because I haven't written anything. For content. But uh, next week apparently is uh, Underdog Week at SB Nation. I don't know if I'm letting the cat out of the bag with that, but I was going to go back and just talk about the history of all the times the Flyers were the lower seed in the playoffs and talk about runs where they won multiple series as the lower seed and then talk about probably 2010 and all this kind of stuff. So, uh, I like that. Uh, and then something that I was going to write for what if week, but I just, I didn't think it really felt like a what if thing, but it's so interesting. I was going to talk about five players that the Flyers drafted did not use in the NHL and then went on to have pretty decent NHL careers. And I found a bunch of interesting names and I was going to write an article about that. And then I was also going to try and, uh, I was going to try and do a project for the whole month of June, especially if there is no hockey. I will, I'm, I still have to lay it out and try and see if there's any feasible way to do it. But I'm hoping if I do that, I'm hoping to have a lot of uh, tangy tent in the month of June. So the two articles, though, they need they have for my sanity. They have to come out next week. I don't know. How, like I just I have to write something uh, in the next couple of days. So I'm thinking those two are out next week, and then see what happens with that idea I have going forward in June. So that is uh, that's what I got, Steve. That's what I got to offer right now. All right, all right, all right, all like right. It. All right, all right, all right. Well, I was gonna say you're gonna McConaughey me real quick. I'm 100 percent gonna McConaughey all day, <laughs> all night. Uh, put out my own line of bourbon and have weird Hulu ads about it. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen those, but they are, they are something. I, uh, I have not. They're fine. I've... Most of the Hulu ads are extremely annoying and I have to mute them, but th- that one's fine. <laughs> they really are kind of annoying, actually, yeah. They're extremely annoying. I they The whole point is they want you to shell out for the ad-free one, and I'm, I'm cheap, and I'm paying for 40,000 oh, yeah. streaming oh, services bad. already, so. Yeah, that's not happening. Yeah. Well, you can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. You can reach me at Flyperbole or at Esteban, but make it Flyperbole. We also have a Flyperbole Instagram, which is a lot of fun. 
And uh, da, 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 check out Flyperbole under quarantine, where we talk about one to two topics a week. Uh, it's been a lot of fun to put those together. And, uh, you know, we're taking suggestions for those, too. So if you have any, uh, slide into Craig's DMs and uh, deposit. Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Ladies? Yeah, I, ladies. <laughs> the most creepy thing that ladies. <laughs> anyway, it's Flyperbole. You can also follow Broad Street Hockey or BSH Radio. Uh, like Broad Street Hockey on Facebook, and I'm out of stuff. Rate, subscribe, blah, blah, blah. That's all we got. Wash your damn hands, for the love of God. Stay away from others. Socially distant. Stay inside. I know it's nice, but do your best, all right? Please, please, please. Yeah. And until next time, good night and good hockey. Hello, everybody. This is Fly Purbly. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah!